What you are about to hear is a fun and educational show about financial issues. Join Dan Wendell and his co-host, Tony, as they explore topics related to retirement planning. No matter how close you are to retirement, it's time to listen to another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio show. My name is Dan Wendell, owner of Dolphin Financial Group, and today's topic is precious metals. As you can see from behind me, I got my gold bars ready for viewing. I have my silver shirt and I have a special guest. In the years I've been doing financial planning and investing and trading, I've met many people and I've learned a lot about precious metals. There's different types of people that like to invest in precious metals, and they're usually very polarizing. Over the years, I've also talked to experts. I've even had a long conversation with the creator and the manager of one of the largest gold ETFs in the world. But rather than have one of these experts on here to tout the value of precious metals, I'm actually bringing on a friend and a non-expert on purpose, because we're going to have a casual conversation about precious metals. I will say that he is the owner of precious metals, and we're not going to have a tit and tat. We're going to go back and forth talking about some of the pros and cons of investing and using precious metals. So without further ado, let me bring him in. Scott Boltz, welcome to the Dolphin Financial Radio Show. Why don't you take a few seconds just to introduce yourself and then, oh, I love your shirt, by the way. Uh, we did not plan this. No. He's wearing gold and I'm wearing silver. Yes. I got my silver hair always, you know, so, and you got it in here. So yeah, you look like a walking uh, precious metal man. So anyway, introduce yourself for the listeners. Well, uh, you and I have been friends for a number of years, um, you know, and there's, uh, we, we got to go on a sailing trip one time and, and uh, get to know each other. And that was great. And uh, I've always been fascinated and a fan of your show. Well, thank you for that. I uh, I was excited to have you on because you don't have a, an agenda here, which is no. great. And neither do I. And I, I will say this. We're going to be talking about owning precious metals, whether just to own them or to use them as an investment. But I do want to remind everyone, this is not investment advice. You don't want to be taking investment advice from that guy. I do provide investment advice, but this is not what this show's about. I'm not going to tell you whether or not this is right for you. If you're thinking about this, you're going to want to think about your specific situation. So before I get your take on Precious Metal Scott, I want to talk to our listeners here what we're talking about here. We got gold, which is the most popular one. Silver, also very popular. Platinum, people know about that one. I put rhodium on there, and I want to I, I want to talk about that one for a minute because that one, a lot of people use it to uh, plate their rings, but rhodium's in catalytic converters. Yes. And my friends up in the Midwest are telling me that there's a rash of, catalytic converter theft going on. They wake up in the morning, an entire block, all the cars start up and sound like they're motorcycles. <laughs> what is going on here? The answer is they're going after the platinum in there or the palladium or rhodium, whatever's in there. They're going in there because it's really valuable. So I know you don't own catalytic converters and you're not stealing them from people, but tell me, what is your position on precious metals in general? In general, well, so first of all, so I'm not an expert in, in buying gold as an investment or silver or platinum or palladium or rhodium. 
I do. I am a professional in an industry where we use precious metals um, to create ca- catalytic converters, essentially. Uh, that That's an automotive term. On the diesel side of the house, um, that's really um, mostly platinum. Um, so, but we also do buy a significant amount of rhodium and we've had a lot of problems recently because the prices are spiking and because the prices are spiking, um, there's a, there's a great deal of theft, both on diesel trucks, the commercial trucks and also automotive, uh, applications. And they're being sold in a black market for, for recycling purposes. So rhodium, um, at its peak, I think was at somewhere around $30,000 an ounce. Now, there's not an ounce of rhodium in a catalytic converter. There might be a couple hundred bucks in there, though, yeah. which is enough to, to make you get a hacksaw and cut one off, I guess. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. There's a market for it, right? But then that's not really the intent of our, our, our purpose. But, but we do know um, that the prices of precious metals are, are fluctuating. And, and every time, you, even in, even in you know, more common things like stocks, um, in those fluctuations are opportunities. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. So a lot of people want to know, hey, how do I get involved in precious metals? And so I want to put the list of different ways you can you can own precious metals. You can actually own physical precious metals, which we'll get to in a minute. But you can also own an ETF, electronically traded fund, which mm-hmm. is basically paper of a listing that you buy, like a ticker symbol on the stock market. So a lot of people own gold tickers. Um, you can own mining stocks. So these are actual companies that are actually mining this stuff, mm-hmm. which is very unique about stocks. You know, oh, you can own oil companies and you realize, oh, they're out there grabbing this oil, right? And what the company not only gets the oil, but their pro- price of their company is dependent a lot on the price of oil. Same with mining stocks. Um, and then you can actually own certificates. So you know that you can own gold without actually physically owning it, mm-hmm. but you can have a, a certificate that says, Hey, I own so many ounces that's held in this bank or this vault somewhere. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different ways you can own precious metals. The question is, do you own precious metals in any of these ways? And the bigger question is why? Well, um, so can we talk a couple stories really quick? Sure. So, uh, when I was a little kid, uh, my dad was, a was a master diver. And he was also an air conditioning technician. Like That's diver as in like seat, you know, in the water? Scuba, Patty, Patty certified. Not skydiving. Okay. Correct, correct, correct. And so he had the opportunity to work on a vessel in the, in the Florida Keys um, with Mel Fisher. And the, Mel famous, Fisher. Uh, the famous treasure hunter. Yes. So I held, when I was 10 years old, in my hand, um, a, a coin that came off of the Senora de Atocha from the 1500s the late 1500s. And it was, it made a significant impact on me. I was like, there's, there's a store of wealth here, right? It was, it was valuable then it's valuable now. It's much more valuable now. Right. And so I kind of put those two things together. Um, Do you still have that coin? No, I I didn't own it. I got to hold it. (laughs) And it had that much influence on you like Goldfinger, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so that was cool. I was 10 um, but at the same time, you know, I, I was following certain things economically in, in, in my business and, and, you know, we think about investing and I rely on you a lot for advice, you know? And, and so, um, I came to a point about 20 years ago where I was like, okay, I want to put money somewhere, um, that 
is a store of value that will be valuable in the future. And that's, that was the, I mean, it's that simple. Right. And so um, I heard a a podcast one time, a guy was like, if you bury $10,000 of cash in your backyard and $10,000 of gold in your backyard uh, when you were born, and then you brought it out today, what would you have? So you'd have two, two, two holes in the ground. Yes. A sore back. Yes. Dirt, dirty hands and 10,000 worth of cash. And I don't know how much worth of gold. Well, the question then becomes, what is the cash worth? The cash. Well, we did a show on, I'll put it up here on inflation. Inflation is uh, the silent killer, as I call it. Mm -hmm. So 10,000 worth of cash back, say in the 1970s is not worth 10,000 today. No, it's worth a lot less just due to inflation. Right. Buying power, but gold, that's a different story. So I did the calculations ahead of this call because I wanted to make sure I knew what I was. Ah, you knew I was going to ask. And I know I'm not going to be able to do the calculations right now. Well, so so that ten thousand dollars, if you had bought a physical asset, that asset would be worth about fifty thousand dollars. So five times. Not bad. Which means that the actual cash is worth about 80 percent less. That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Now, uh, as a store of value, I could see gold. You can also store value in the bank, mm-hmm. but you're not getting the interest that the same level the- historically that gold would provide. Right. However, you could easily make the case that you should have bought, I don't Apple know, stock. IBM or yes. right or right. something back when you were born. Because I remember when I graduated high school, my my mom had given, I was the youngest of four, she gave a gift for graduation. And I said, I want, I think I graduated into high school and I wanted shares of Microsoft, which she blew her mind. She didn't know what that meant. And we had to figure it out. But my oldest brother was a stockbroker. So he figured out a way to get it for me. I wound up selling that later to buy a used vehicle. Mm Mm-hmm. But had I kept it, I would have been a better spot, right? Yes. So it's unfair for you to say, oh, it, let's bury cash or bury gold. That's a reason to buy gold because you could buy anything, really. So Yeah. yeah. So there, there, there's another but thought. But gold, gold does store well underground, too. It does. Right? It's, it's, it's a natural home. And, and absolutely. <laughs> so, so if we can agree that the $10,000 in cash that you buried is worth about $2,000 today. Absolutely. If you buried it in 1975, we can also agree that if you bury $10,000 in gold, that gold would be worth today $125,000. Okay. So now we're talking here. Now we're talking. So, so when you're, when you're burying stuff in the backyard, Mm -hmm. don't bury cash, bury gold, precious metal, silver, something. So you could bury a stock certificate. Theoretically, it comes down to intent. What is your intentions? Right. And so, so it's, it's not, um, it's, not, it's not all we do, right? It's actually a very small part of what we do financially in, in our house. So it's, it's, it's just a store of wealth that will be worth more in the future. And the goal is, is that money will be given to someone else, even to our children, you know, later on. Like it's not, it's not meant to be, um, you know, we're not trying to turn this, right? We're not trying to pull money out of it. Okay, so that's an important point about precious metals, which a lot of people don't think about and that is if you own let's let's eliminate owning cash because that we we both can agree that that's mm-hmm. just not right. inflation will eat you alive but if you own gold stocks or 
mining companies, for instance, or Which just, I do. right. So you getting dividends typically from these stocks, meaning you own the stock, meaning you own a piece of the company and they give a little bit of money to you every quarter or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And even if that's only 1% or 2% of the value, that is a whole lot more than the gold bar that you probably have or coins that you probably are sitting on literally. Yeah. Um, they're not giving you any dividends. So you're not gaining over time any income from this. So when I'm focused on retirement planning, people say I want to own, say, gold. They're not going to be buying it to get a dividend and an income out of it. You right. just It just doesn't work that way. Right. So if you're telling me you're not buying it for that purpose, you're not using it for income, you and your wife are going to retire, you're not going to start selling pieces of gold. No. no. What are you going to do with this? You're going to take it with you when you die? You're going to bury it with you in the coffin? What, like, what's your intent here? <laughs> um, like I said, it's a. It, it, I consider it right now, and the point in my life and in my career where I'm generating enough revenue where we can pay the bills, and there's excess. And so, what do you do with that excess? And so, uh, you know, we're trying to think forward in the future, and um, and so, precious metals is also a hobby. Um, it's enjoyable. There's there's different aspects to it. Um, so it's, it's, it's more of a diversification. Like if you buy real estate and you invest in the stock market and then you have a 401k or a Roth and you have precious metals, then, then you're spread out enough where I, I at least personally feel like I'm doing my responsibility to my family in the future. So this is, I'm going to take a drink from my silver (laughs) goblet. Yes. Uh, it's actually probably, Pewter and it's a wine glass, but whatever. Um, and there's no wine in this to the listeners, to yeah. the viewers. It's so <laughs> I want to talk about pros and cons here because you mentioned diversification. Yes. Uh, I think a lot of times, and this is the standard issue commentary on gold or, or silver or platinum, it's a diversification play. Yeah. You're, not, you're not owning stocks. You're not owning bonds. I mean, you are. Yeah. But this is different. And this is a lot of what people are talking about with cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. I hear Bitcoin being classified as the new gold. Yeah. I hear Ethereum being classified as the new silver. What they're referencing is that it's not the same. It's certainly not the same by any respect. I mean, you can actually hold physical silver. You can't hold Ethereum if, you, if your life depended on it. So cryptocurrency, there it is. You got a silver coin there. Yeah. I'm assuming that, or is that gold? I couldn't tell. That was silver, yeah. Yeah, so... You can actually physically hold that. And you mentioned there's a, um, a, what's the term? A hobby, collectible. Yeah. Yeah. But um, So one of the pros of owning crypto, uh, not crypto, but physical or even um, certificates of precious metals is that it's different than your other investments. Do you have any idea what percentage of your overall investment or net worth is in precious metals? Well, that moves. I mean, so like, if you know what you, you know, so we invest over time. And so that the number fluctuates, but it's somewhere between five and 10%. Um, so as the value of gold is kicking right now, it's at a near all time high. I think it's over $1,900 right now an ounce, um, you know, and, and, and silver is in the same way. They kind of follow similar trajectories. Um, so that percentage changes, right? And so if the market goes down and gold goes up, then that number increases. 
I think also when people talk about diversifying, you got to remember this is a, you got to look at the big picture as well. If, if I just asked you in a silo, what percentage of your precious uh, investments are in precious metals, it would probably be a lot higher than your wife's. I'm assuming she's got a retirement plan at, at work. And mm-hmm. so, and there's no buying of precious metals in her 403B. So you're right. kind of balancing that. Does your wife uh, agree with your precious metals philosophy? She does. Uh, she does. But she's also, you know, steeped in psychology and she's an occupational therapist and so she knows what it means to be a firstborn, you know, but whatever the backstory is. But so, you know, she understands the psychology behind it. Um, and there is definitely a psychology to it. Um, and I, I, I was going to go that route with you because I know that I, I, we use the term gold bugs in the yeah. industry. Oh, this person's a gold bug. I don't think you're a gold bug in the truest sense because I've met people. It's like they're buying gold because they believe the fiat currency, U.S. dollar is going to collapse no. and they're going to be out there with their gold on the streets while everyone else is begging for bread, they'll be like, I got it all. No. Take your dollars elsewhere. Yeah. So, you, but you're kind of in the middle where you, you believe in the value storing the value there, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you're not all in on it. You know, five yeah. to 10% seems reasonable to me. So again, back to the, back to the Mel Fisher story. You know, if I gave you a chest of gold coins like today, like as a gift, like, here you go, Dan, you'd be like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> who do I have to marry? That would be like, what's no, is this a dowry? Like what's going on? No, there's no dowries. So it's just, it's just, it's just a storing place and it's a storing place that adjusts over time. So one last analogy, and then I'll, you know, hand it back to you. But um, so another thing I was told that I really like, it's a, it's, I like thinking in these ways is that I could buy a really good suit in the 1800s for a $5 gold piece. And I could buy a really good suit today for a $5 gold piece. Like it, it the, the goods that we exchange um, their value is relative constantly to gold. Uh, yeah. In, it, conceptually. You're right. So, and that's, that gets back to the inflation hedge that gets back to the diversification, the actual store of value. Um, it also is an alternative to our current currency. So while you're not in that camp, there is that potential where we have a collapse of our currency gold will hold that value because there's only a limited supply out there. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, cryptocurrency is trying to get there. Let's flip the narrative and let's attack your position here and let's go with the cons. Yes. And let's talk about this because you actually deal with this. And I want to talk about physically owning gold because buying an ETF of gold is a little, it's easy and, and it's pretty seamless. So there aren't too many fees associated with it, but Transaction fees. When you're purchasing gold, and I'm going to skip over to quality testing as well. When you're purchasing physical gold, how do you know that it's actual gold? I mean, do you have like a testing kit? Like, how, I mean, that's got to be a legitimate concern, right? Like, hey, someone's selling gold on the street. It's like, yeah, I'm not buying it from you. Well, you, you got to buy it from a legitimate seller, first of all. And I buy mostly all my bullion that I buy is from the U.S. Mint. So it's got okay. the backing of the federal government. And, and it's, 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 you know, they, they claim four nines, which is, you know, 0.999 pure. Right. And so I'm sure you're paying a premium for that though, as opposed to, to just a regular, you know, or getting a gold that's been repurposed from other things. Correct. Like a catalytic converter or something, you know, melted platinum from catalytic converter. It's not going to be as valuable as minted. So I don't carry bars. I don't, I don't, I buy us mint coins or Canadian mint coins or, or some governmental 
you know, insured um, quality piece. And so that's, that's one thing. And then, so that bullion is separate from collectibles. And so collectibles have a different value because they have some either sentimental historical value. Right. And so, um, so I mostly what I have is bullion. And, and so it's got a year date stamp on it. You know what mint it came from and it's got its value. And in the future, if someone ever had to take it from me and convert it into cash, they could. And it's probably got a little bit more liquidity mm-hmm. in that people are willing to buy that versus, hey, right. look at Dan Wendell's gold coin here. I mean, I yeah. made it myself, I swear, you know. Yeah. Um, I know the Cougar Rand is a popular South African gold yep. coin. Yep. I think one of the reasons why it is so popular is because it's popular, meaning, hey, it's people know it, they, they're yeah. comfortable with it, so let's make more and yeah, it's Cougar easily tradable. Very common. So, okay, um, you pay an extra fee for this, though. Whereas if I'm buying a gold stock, mm-hmm. I mean, it used to be expensive to buy stocks. Then it became free. Well, 2019 or 2020, all the major companies went to zero trades, you know? Yeah. So I'm not paying any fees to buy gold stocks. Why, why would I pay a fee to own the physical currency? Don't you feel like you already have to overcome a transaction cost? And then you're going to have to pay a fee to get rid of it, which you're planning to never do, though. <laughs> that's well, guys like you think about these kind of things. And that's why they're, you're so valuable to, to your friends. Um, I don't think about those kind of things. I like having it. So I have something that I know has value and it. I, it's in my house. There's something to be said for the tangibility of having it and 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 and, and growing it. Right. And so, again, this isn't like an iterative process. Well, it is iterative, I guess. Um, so 20 years ago, I started this process. And now I have my little, my wife calls it my little pirate's chest. And, and so, you know. Is it really in a pirate's chest? Do you have it in a no. little? <laughs> They're in tubes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So let's talk about theft. You know, um, that's a legitimate concern. If you're going to own mm-hmm. physical gold, uh, you know, even with stock certificates back in the day, you had to protect them. You didn't want those going, yeah. you had to, you know, burning down in the house. Let's say your house burns down or, or someone comes in to steal it. How, what are you going to? Like that's, that's something that I don't have to worry about. Well, I have a different type of theft that I have to worry about if the company goes bankrupt, if a Bernie Madoff comes in and, and that kind of thing. So we all have to worry about, or, you know, the Russians hack the, the system and my uh, bank account goes to zero, but you don't have to worry about hacking, but you have to worry about physical theft though. Is that not a concern for you at all? No. Um, so I'm actually, the funny thing is the inverse to that. Like I'm worried so I have a safe and it's bolted to the floor and it's in a very tight, confined space. If you were to, if you wanted to get it out and you, you didn't know the combination, you would need heavy equipment. <laughs> you would need a backhoe or a front end loader and you would need to destroy my entire house. Like, it, so it's also fire rated. So in, in that case, if there was a fire in our house, um, it would be the last thing standing. And that's why we enjoy having it because that's where we keep our, our most precious documents in, in our investments that, that we have tangibly. So there's another cost associated with buying a safe and, you know, managing the storage of it for people that aren't into that type of resource. They have to pay a bank to store this mm-hmm. physical gold, physical precious metal. That's a pain. I mean, and you have to, you have to pay a fee to, for, I mean, but you have to pay a fee for someone else to store your precious metal. That's oh, that is, absolutely. Yes. Right. 
But you're you 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 also paid a fee. You just paid an upfront fee to buy the safe. Right. Right. So you're smart in that regard because you're not constantly paying an ongoing fee to store the gold. Mm-hmm. But also on top of the fee, you know, you have to have insurance. So um, the bank. The FDIC is not going to cover a physical gold storage. It's going to cover the money in there, but not. So you have to get additional storage, uh, additional insurance. So you see where I'm like, well, all these fees associated with it, it it can start adding up. But let's talk. I still got more reasons why I don't like precious metals necessarily. I'm not saying they're bad. Another one. Liquidity. Okay. Yeah. (sighs) My AC breaks. I got to pay 10 grand to get a whole new AC unit, duct work, everything. I don't have the cash handy because, you know, I don't, we don't have cash, say, all right, I could sell some stocks or I could sell gold. What am I going to do? How do I sell gold? Like, I mean, you, you can't just, it's, it's not like, oh, hey, you know, go around the corner to the ATM and stick the bar in or the yeah. coin in, right? Like, how do you get rid of this? Now, you don't really get rid of it, which is, <laughs> so it's really not an investment for you. It's, it's, it's a long-term investment, maybe. Yes. But like liquidity is an issue here. It it's is not currently, easily. Currently there, there's there's a place around every corner that you can go sell coins. True, but then you got there's, transaction there's, costs again. Yes, you know, there's, there's a difference between your spot price and 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 your retail price, and so you're gonna you have to allow it, everyone agrees upon it. it's a handshake, right? Like I know that you're gonna sell it for more than what you're gonna buy it for me for, but it's still relative to when you bought it. You know? True. True. Yeah. Um, appreciation in there. Well, we talked about no dividends and now I want to, I want to talk about the, the main reason why precious metals are difficult for me to, to get, to get behind and that's taxes. Yeah. And here's, this is a biggie. I don't like it, but the way the government recognizes precious metals, it's not like any other investment. You can own precious metals in an IRA and then it's treated like every other thing in an IRA. You pay taxes on, on all of it. But if you own physical gold or, or even gold ETFs and you're buying and selling and you have gains, it's not ca- taxes, capital gains in this country. Well, you know, if you have a capital gains long term, it's 0%, 15 maybe 20 depending on your income. Physical gold is taxed at 28%. Yeah. Um, it's not considered... Uh, a typical investment it's considered um what's the term uh collectible um so you got to pay collectible tax which is ridiculous you're penalized so that's an extra 10 maybe a full 28 percent tax simply because it's not a cd at the bank or a stock certificate you know and i think that's a real difficult hurdle to overcome it is it is there. There are um, increments where, like, if you sell below a certain value, then there's there's no reporting. Um, I think is at least what I've learned. Um, but then anything over a certain value is is then reported. And so, so there's a lot of unknowables. I didn't say it's a perfect system. It's just it's a way that I again I I enjoy doing it. I enjoy having it. I feel better as it accumulates over time. Well, and I know that uh, the cryptocurrency space is going to be experiencing the same thing. There's going to be a huge tax battle with the IRS. How are they going to keep track of who's buying and selling cryptocurrency? Because a lot of times cryptocurrency was founded on this 
anonymity, you know, like it's a black market almost. You could say the same about gold and silver and precious metals, although the system has been around forever. Um, it wasn't until the 70s that, the, in fact, the United States was backed by gold. So right. this this currency, the U.S. dollar, was it was backed by gold at some point. So um, it's got some track history, and I agree. There's a lot of benefits to owning it. I think I want to conclude by saying that it's a it's a decent investment option. The capital gains tax is my biggest gripe with it, mm-hmm. because if I can get the same type of return somewhere else and avoid taxes or at least the reduction of taxes, I lean that way because, you know, you know me and I know you, neither yeah. of us are a big fan of taxes, right? Nope. Um, but there's more to it than meets the eye, especially when it's physical. Like you have a plan, you've done it before, it comes naturally. But if someone getting into owning physical precious metals, they, they have to have a plan. They have to understand yeah. there's more to it. You got to have a safe, you got to have insurance, mm-hmm. you got to make sure you know what you're doing, where you're going to buy it so you don't get fleeced on transaction fees. But once you're in that space, I see this value, this diversification is truly a diversification. Yeah. Um, that, but that, you need that a reason. Grows, you, that grows over time. Yeah. And I think having a purpose, having a reason is very important. So to so conclusion, I think it's worth considering. Now I have another question for you. You're not planning to sell your gold. No. So how are you going to ever get value from and I, I think, let me, let me, before you even start, I think there's some value and you mentioned this in the pleasure of actually owning it. Yes. So you peace of mind mm-hmm. or just a physical hobby, something to do, look at, you know, talk about, Yeah, I think there's value there. So you're, you are getting some value, but how are you going to get the real value? How are you going to ever get that? So some of it is legacy and, and, and a common conversation that you have between guys that buy gold bullion and, and, and collectibles is like, well, if we ever really need it, it's it's more valuable to have lead. In the term, in, in the form of bullets? Yes. <laughs> so, right, right. So I know where I'm going. If there's a zombie apocalypse, I'm coming to you. You have the yes. gold and the bullets? Yes. So, so and that's a joke. But at the same time, it, it, it I think it signals more to the actual intent, right? And so store wealth grows over time. So it's a legacy that you can hand off, you know, Hopefully we never need it and hopefully it grows over time and becomes actually valuable. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I don't wear a tinfoil hat and I don't think the world's ending. Um, so, so it's, it's not that, um, it's not like we're going to have to be able to use it as a currency. It's, it's a store of wealth. Do you think your kids will share your enthusiasm for gold and maybe pass it on to the next generation after them? Well, you know, both my sons, one of them maybe yes one of them maybe not i don't know so. <laughs> well scott thanks for joining me today i hope you enjoyed it i'm gonna have you back because I, I got some other things i want to talk to you about yeah. Yeah. not precious metal related but i think that hopefully people learned a little bit about the different pros and cons of gold uh precious metals and whether or not they want to incorporate it in their own we didn't discuss whether or not it's appropriate for people because it's simply it's too vast and too much info to ever make a recommendation like that. But if people want to talk about gold, they can give me a call. If they want to talk about precious metals, they can always reach out. I'm willing to do that. But uh, Scott, I appreciate you. I I, um, I introduced you as a non-expert in gold, mm-hmm. but I think Which you're I, I think you're very candid about your situation, and I appreciate it. 
No, thank you. Um, can I ask you one final question? Sure. Do you own any gold? Ah, good question. Yes. Okay. I do, but not, and, and this is one thing that um, I didn't mention, but there is a, uh, a taxation rate of 28% on gold, but on jewelry, that doesn't apply. Correct. Because those are considered heirlooms. Mm-hmm. So my gold is not in the 28% category. So when you pull it out of your safe and you look like Mr. T is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I pity the fool. Hey, I got, I got my silver cup. That's yeah. about as close as I'm getting, but all right. I would have been the kids and thanks for a good show, Scott. We'll catch you next time. All right, brother. All thanks. matters discussed in today's show are for informational purposes only. This show is not an investment advice. Dan Whittle, nor Dolphin Financial Group are affiliated or endorsed by any government agency. Investment advisory services are offered through Dolphin Wealth Management, Inc., a registered investment advisor in the state of Florida. Insurance products and services are offered through Dolphin Insurance, Inc. Dolphin Wealth Management, Inc. and Dolphin Insurance, Inc. are affiliated companies doing businesses as Dolphin Financial Group. You should talk to someone at Dolphin Financial Group before implementing any of these strategies or ideas. 